a listener production. Hi, and welcome to Broadsheet Sydney Around Town. I'm Broadsheet's editorial director, Katja Vuchtel, filling in today for Emma Joyce. Broadsheet food and drink editor, Audrey Payne, is here to chat about two excellent new cookbooks to add to your radar immediately. You spoke to one of them, so let's start with Molly Baz. Yeah, so if people don't know Molly Baz, she has been a bit of a food celebrity for about five years now, I would say. She was part of the Bon Appetit Test Kitchen video series, so this like series of YouTube videos that they did and it was very talent driven. A lot of people from those kind of demos and like more kind of fun, very YouTube-y um, content have kind of become really famous. So there's like Claire Saffitz came out of that, Rick Martinez, like I'm sure a lot of people would recognize these people's faces, if not their recipes. So Molly has kind of come from that. Was she the most class. famous to come out of that cohort? Um, you know, it's hard. I think Claire Saffitz would probably be the most famous, but it really, I think what was interesting about that, it was almost like an office comedy or something. Like everyone kind of had their favorites. So I had friends who were like, oh my God, anytime Carla's in a video, like I'll watch it. Or like, same with Molly, same with Priya. Like it was like a TV show. So this is not her first cookbook. No. So tell us about this one. You've obviously read through it and yeah. you spoke to her. Yes. So it was fun speaking to her because um, she was very open about talking about after the first book had come out, she felt she had like really put her whole self into it and didn't really have any creative ideas. It took about six months for her to feel like she could even begin thinking about another book. She writes about it in the intro, but she kind of had this like, quote unquote, aha moment that a lot of people speak about specifically in like the business world, I guess. She talks about this story where she was kind of um, out with her husband. She ordered some fried calamari. It came to the table. It was really boring. She was not not vibing with this fried calamari and then just kind of made her own side sauce. At the restaurant? At the restaurant. <laughs> uh, I feel like that might be, if you're a chef or a restaurateur, <laughs> probably one of the most Difficult things to watch someone make their own condiment because your food isn't doing the job. Right. But, you know, hopefully she she did it discreetly. We don't know. Um, But then she kind of had this thought that was like, oh, you just need to add, like in her words, a little more. And then you can take something that's a little average and really bring it to the next level. And I think what people who might be familiar with her first book, Cook This Book, what that book is really good about is walking people through process. It's really aimed towards people who maybe haven't grown up cooking, um, are just kind of trying to dip their toes into like, you know, looking after themselves more, maybe saving money because they want to cook at home more and really went through like technique and process. Whereas this one's kind of like, okay, you've got those foundational skills. How can you kind of cook a bit more intuitively? Just kind of bring it to the next level in a way. So what kind of recipes do you find in there? Yeah. So the one that she kind of called out as being the most quote unquote Molly. Um, she speaks about herself in the third person a lot, but in a way that is not annoying. It's really strange. Endearing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so she was like, the most Molly recipe is this meatball recipe that she has. She mixes meat with ricotta and she kind of said that that gives it like a really fluffy texture. Um, it's made in a red sauce. So just kind of like a basic pasta sauce, except it's not served with spaghetti. It's kind of a dish on its own. And yeah, she really felt like that was very representative. Um, She was talking about the influence of moving to California Mm. and what that had on her recipes. For context, Molly moved from New York City to California during the pandemic. Um, Obviously, in California, it's a lot more produce-driven, but she also said that the, like, influence of the design that you're constantly around and that colour really Mm. allowed her to be more playful with her food. So when you say 
So you mentioned that she was really inspired by California <laughs> mm-hmm. and the design of the book is all about, you know, 60s and 70s Italian design. So mm. is this is the book like a smash of Californian inspiration <laughs> with, you know, nostalgic Italian? I mean, yes. Um, <laughs> what I think is cool about Molly specifically is she kind of occupies this interesting space in food media where she's very conscious of her brand. Like, um, especially with the first book, she was like, okay, this kind of, Eve Klein Blue, Emerald Green, Bright Cherry Red, those are my brand colors. And I want people to be able to look at some merch that I've made or like a book that I've made, even a recipe, and be able to very easily identify it as Molly. And she studied art history in school. So I think that kind of makes sense. And her husband is a furniture designer, so they collaborate on design a lot. So for the first book, she worked with a French design company who had never done cookbooks before to kind of really have something different. So that book, I think if you look at it, it reads a little bit more Parisian, whereas this book, that company wasn't available. So she worked with a downtown LA-based design firm who also hadn't done cookbooks before and um, gave them a lot of Italian vintage references. So Mm. it reads kind of Western almost. Yeah, and she said she sent them a lot of like vintage cocktail posters and things and wanted it to be vintage Italian meets California. Mm. And I think if you open the pages, like it really... They were successful in that. So this book is called More is More, Get Loose in the Kitchen, Mm -hmm. a cookbook. (laughs) Multiple hyphenated parts to that title. High School Musical, The Musical, The Series. Right, by Molly Baz. It's out now around Australia. You can buy it online and I'm sure in bookstores as well. Yeah. Now let's get to The Fruit Nerd. Yes. Who you are a big fan of. I'm a huge fan of The Fruit Nerd. The Fruit Nerd is a local star, not an American star. Tell us about... Tell us about him for those who don't know. Sure. So Tan Trong has named himself the Fruit Nerd. Um, I first became aware of him because he does a lot of videos for the ABC, but he also has his own Instagram where he just kind of walks people through how to purchase fruit, how to store fruit properly. His parents were fruiterers, so he's second generation fruit fanatic. Right. Um, And he actually worked at one of the supermarket duopolies in the buying department for fruit. So he's very knowledgeable. He really is that like he he's really the is nerd academic fruit man. Like he's named himself fruit nerd and he is a fruit nerd. Like yeah. it's so accurate. Um yeah, and he's come out with this book that basically goes fruit by fruit, walks you through kind of some some of the science, what to be on the lookout for if you're purchasing it what seasons you should be purchasing it at. And then he has recipes that kind of, yeah, show Speak you how to those to, things. Yeah, and like let you use the fruit in a way that really makes it sing. And what are some of the tips in there? I mean, in our story we talk about he's begging us not to squeeze avocados. Yeah. Is that right? And we actually had a great op-ed a few years ago on the site by Alice Zavlesky, who's a, you know, wonderful food advocate in this country um, and has written an incredible book in praise of veg. And she begged people in her op-ed as well not to squeeze the avocados. Oh, my gosh. Everyone needs to stop squeezing avocados. And the fruit nerd feels the same way. Do you know what's funny? When I was looking at this book, it does feel very much akin to Alice's book, which goes vegetable by vegetable. This Mm. one is like a very similar concept except fruit Fruit. by fruit. Yeah, fruit. And what are the kind of recipes in there that people – it seems – this is where I'm a bit maybe deluded – I feel like I could handle the recipes in a fruit cookbook, but that's because I'm feeling like, oh, it'll be like a beautiful platter of fruit. But there's probably some really incredible and maybe technical things in there. I'm not sure. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a super technical 
book. I think what's nice is that it is sweet and savory because fruit is so many different things. So there's like plantain recipes, there's apple cake recipes, there's um bitter melon recipes, which is like people often think that's a vegetable. So mm. it's kind of a nice bridge. I don't know. And they're not too complicated because they're really focused on the produce. And he wants to be educational for people. It's super educational. Does yeah. he talk? But it doesn't in- feel like a textbook. We interviewed him uh, for Broadsheet and some of the moments in that story are really beautiful and he talks about the fact that as a, you know part of an immigrant family that fruit was a really important part of mm. his growing up and also that I want to actually kind of read yeah. read this, this thing that he mentioned, which was, you know, my mum used to cut me so much fruit. I remember it vividly. She would core apples, cut half the skin off and slice them into perfect little wedges. I think there's a huge unspoken theme in migrant culture where kids don't communicate well with our parents. And so parents would often say sorry or thank you by cutting fruit. So it yeah, is I, such like that is such a thing that I think a lot of, like he says, migrant people understand, especially with Chinese culture, for example. A lot of parents won't necessarily tell their kids they love them, but then it's always the thing I think more my generation, especially on the internet, have been like, there are so many memes of like bowls of cut fruit and it's like how an Asian parent says they love you. And it, it, it is true. Like it's more the acts of service than he, always saying it. Do you have any insight into this thing he mentions about how we're using fruit bowls wrong? Oh my gosh. Yes. So, okay. Because well, I just don't know. Please explain. Because I'm sure explain. I'm doing it wrong. No, this has been such a topic of discussion in my house. Okay. So I watched a video a couple of years ago with him talking about how everyone is using fruit bowls wrong because you actually need a bowl that has some kind of air circulation. So if you keep fruit in a platter, they're all touching each other. Things like, I don't Isn't sometimes that a good thing? Like sometimes I, sometimes I feel like I'm doing it on purpose though because I need the avocado to ripen sooner or the, the bananas to ripen sooner. But if they're... Touching the side of the bowl, do you think it ripens faster? I don't know. I, I just need know. them to touch each other, I guess. You're okay. right. So you need some air around you it. Is that what you're saying? circulating through. So I bought what I believe is a beautiful fruit bowl and is maybe too much air circulating through and that mandarins will fall out of it constantly. <laughs> um, it increases the shelf life of the fruit because, you know, sometimes you go like pick up a mandarin and then you're like, oh, this is moldy and I didn't even realize. Mm. Like it, that doesn't happen so much because it's circulating through bowls so you can see the fruit. Well, thank you, Audrey, but also really well, thank, thank you, you to the fruit. Yeah. yeah, thank you to the yeah. fruit head. And that's when I fell in love. <laughs> Don't Buy Fruit and Veg Without Me, I love the name of that book, mm-hmm. is also out now in bookstores, so you can grab that. Thanks very much. Thanks. That's it for today. If you're enjoying the podcast, tell your friends and leave us a review. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening now. Listener.